This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being back once again as we have a lot to dive into in this episode of Mariner's Pod. The Mariners start a three-game series against the Texas Rangers tonight. We'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, Casey Sadler has been a big part of this Mariners bullpen this year. He's been tremendously effective. Shannon Dreher, really good conversation coming up with the Mariners reliever. We'll also touch on the three-game series over the weekend that was pretty wild at times, very interesting, very entertaining, and it ended up being a series win for the Mariners. After the off day yesterday, Mariners returned to action today against Texas. So let's start with that series against the Blue Jays briefly. Uh, the Mariners, uh, very interesting game one of the series. One of the truly bizarre plays we've seen at T-Mobile Park, just in terms of what the call was at home plate, then to replay, and then the unexpected reversal as well. And lost in it all was a tremendous play by Ty France. Second rider sets, now fires. Swinging a soft pop-up, foul ground, France racing over, angling back, and he makes the basket catch. Valera tags, here's the throw home in time, tag applied, he's safe. Murphy can't believe it. Murphy's pointing to the Mariners' dugout, they will challenge this. That throw is on target, on time, and Scott has already motioned to challenge. If it's overturned, it's a double play to end the inning. Here's the call. They call him out! They call him out at home! Amazing! Amazing! And that would set up Jared Kelnick with the walk-off walk. Space is loaded. Seager winning run at third. The 3-0. Way outside, not even close. A four-pitch walk-off walk as Kelnick's doing cartwheels to first. Seager scores. Kelnick with two hands. Tomahawks that helmet down by first base. And he is getting bombarded by his teammates as the Mariners have one of the most thrilling wins of the season. 3-2 to two the final. They walk it off in nine over the Blue Jays. So the Mariners take game one, 3-2, to two, walk-off style. Game two, the offense surged. The 0-1. Swing, opposite field, high fly ball, way, way back, and back-to-back jacks into the Toronto bullpen. Kelnick, sixth, 6-3 Mariners. The floodgates are opening up for the Mariners here in the seventh against Richards. France, Terence, Kelnick, all homer in the game. The Mariners put nine runs on the board. They win 9-3 in a game that was very different than the previous games in the past two-plus weeks where every game seemingly one or two runs. This one different. The Mariners won by six. They win the series. They would not get the finale as the Blue Jays get to Logan Gilbert with the home run ball early. Blue Jays take game three, but the Mariners get the series. Off day yesterday and now to Texas for a huge road trip now for the Mariners. They'll take on Texas for three. 
They'll take on the Houston Astros after that, and then the Oakland A's after that. So a massive road trip. Last night was a pretty interesting with the Mariners' idol. So Boston now has won three games in a row. They hold the first wild card. Oakland, they've lost two in a row right now, sitting with the second wild card. But they've really crept up on Houston, still leads the division. Houston has lost a couple in a row. Uh, So Yankees right behind Oakland. They've won three in a row, a game and a half back. Toronto, after beating the Mariners last time out, four back of the second wild card. And the Mariners five back as we head into play tonight. Toronto will take on Washington in D.C. Yankees and Boston will go at it. So somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose that uh, those games in that series. And then Oakland will continue their series against Chicago White Sox, the White Sox winning last night. So it's going to be a very interesting few days. Houston will be at KC. Uh, Houston lost to Kansas City last night. And then Tampa takes on Baltimore. So that's how it shapes up the next few days. Tyler Anderson will get the ball tonight against Taylor Hearn. Marco, fresh off his complete game against Texas, will go tomorrow. Mike Fultonevich, who the Mariners seemingly has faced 10 times already this season, he'll go in Game 2. And then Chris Flexen, Spencer Howard in Game 3. 5.05 first pitch tonight, 5.05 on Wednesday. And then Thursday, day baseball, 11.05. So sets up pretty well for the Mariners They would love some revenge after the last time they were at Texas. Things did not go well with a couple walk-offs for the Rangers. And especially with Houston and Oakland on the back end of this trip, this is a pretty important three games that the Mariners will face the Rangers. So we'll talk more about that as the week continues. In the meantime, we'll hand things over to Shannon Dreyer, her chat with Casey Sadler. Whirlwind, to be honest with you. Uh, dream come true, I guess you could say. Um, we moved out here last year during quarantine, and so to get to come home and play um, it was amazing. Uh, love this place, love the weather, love the people. Uh, so to be able to be at home and play in your home city um, is awesome. I don't know too many people that can say that's happened for them, so uh, it's been a lot of fun. How did you get home? How did you make that decision? Well, we were claimed over here from the Cubs, um, but my wife's sister has lived here for a few years, and we came up to visit her um, in 2019 in October and spent Halloween and the whole shebang up here, but um, just loved it, fell in love with it. We had wanted to get out of Florida. It's too hot down there. And there was a couple other places that we had looked, and just nothing felt right until we got here. And um, just being closer to family and the weather and being able to go to the beach or to the mountains, and and, um, it's just a perfect fit for us. Uh, Take us back to your hometown, where you grew up, and what the baseball was like growing up. (laughs) Really small. Uh, Really, really, really small. Um, High school was in Ripley, Oklahoma. Grew up there. My, uh, my mom worked at the school, just like about 80% of the kids that went there. Um, but uh, it was good. Small town living, um, good people. Couldn't get into a whole lot of trouble, not a whole lot to do. But, um, yeah, baseball was really small. We had 12 players on my team as a senior. Um, there was 29 people besides myself in my graduating class. So uh, really, really small and still small. How did you get to collegiate baseball? 
I got lucky. So I just happened to pitch against a guy that was being scouted by a junior college out in Altus, Oklahoma, and ended up we ended up winning that game. And the pitching coach slash recruiter guy came up and was like, "Hey, I don't have any money for you, but if you want to walk on, we'd love to have you." And so walked on to that little bitty D2 junior college, and uh, the rest is kind of history. Played with some really good players there. Um, was lucky enough to have Anderson Simmons as a shortstop, so he brought a lot of scouts to the field and um, uh, just happened to get noticed and uh, I got my opportunity with Pittsburgh. I spent nine seasons with them and then it bounced around a little bit over the last few years with Tampa, the Dodgers, the Cubs, and then here. Um, but I feel like we've really found a home here. I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy coming to the field every day. The guys are amazing. Uh, working with Trent and Woody has been a blast, and um, just feel like we fit. Along those lines, I mean, Trent Blank is somebody who also came over when things were pretty much shut down and we didn't see every day. He's a name that most people really aren't that familiar with. How do they all work together? What do they all do for you? What don't they do? Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Um, Trent is very good at taking the analytics that are so prevalent in today's game and portraying that into terms that we can put into practice on the field, um, which is huge. You know, analytics plays such a big part in today's game that if you can't condense them and put them into player terms, you know, of okay, how do I use these numbers to be successful on the field, then there's a little disconnect. And he does a very good job of, of translating that for us and explaining any questions that we have and and then also bringing up stuff that, you know, maybe we don't see or maybe we don't feel when we're pitching. Like, hey, like, this was different today, you know, maybe keep an eye on it. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy working with Trent. Uh, he's a lot of fun. He, uh, we give him – we rib him a little bit out there in the bullpen, keep him, keep him on his toes. But, uh, but he's great. Uh, he's really a blast to work with and a lot of fun to have out there. I was talking to Will Vest earlier in the year, and I he relayed a conversation he had with you early on. And he's like, hey, you get to this organization, and you sit down, and you listen to the analysts, and it's almost like they've got the game plan or the cheat code yep. for you. How much of that is a, is a trust issue? Is that hard to put yourself in the hands of, of that after, you know, especially you? You had a lot of experience coming in. Um, no, because I know myself, and I know what I do well. So using the information that I'm given to supplement what I know I can do and what I, what I know I do well, um, it's pretty, pretty easy. Um, you know, you just, you kind of have to trust, um, especially coming into a new organization. They don't really know me. I don't really know them. There's a level of trust that they have to have in me that I do know myself and I know what, um, what I can and can't do. And that needs to be reciprocated on my end of like, Hey, like, Yes, they might not know me, but they still want me to be as successful as I can be on the field. So um, I think it just comes down to, yeah, trust and, you know, just having, knowing that they want what's best for you just as much as you want what's best for you. Um, and so uh, for me, it was pretty easy. Um, they run things very similar to a couple of or organizations that I've played for in the past, so it was a pretty easy transition. Is there something that they gave you that you didn't have before? Um, or maybe kind of accentuated something. Yeah, that. just kind of built off of what was already there. Um, 2020 was kind of a 
hell of two tails for me. You know, the first half wasn't really great. I was really kind of struggling with, you know, finding my rhythm again and then coming over here and, and just being told, like, hey, like, you're good. Go do you. Go find it. We'll be here if you need us type thing. Kind of gave me the, the freedom to go back out and, and really kind of solidify who I was and who I wanted to be again as a pitcher. And, and you know, being able to expand on that this year and really take that to the next level um, has been a lot of fun. Obviously, the curveball is your pitch. Tell us about that pitch and what you've discovered about it. Yeah, that's kind of something that I hadn't thrown in a long time. Um, I had it coming out of the draft and then kind of shied away from it with Pittsburgh. Um, whether that was philosophy, whether that was, you know, just through some things that they saw, I don't really know. But um, I kind of made a decision back in 2018 coming back from TJ that, you know, like I was to the point in my career that I kind of wanted to take control of it. It's like, this is what I used to do. This is what I came up doing. This is what I was drafted as and kind of went back to that and saw a lot of success um, early on. And so just kind of ran with it. Uh, and then it really turned into a really really useful weapon um, and just try to utilize what I have as best I can. I like seeing it. It's a nice pitch, no question about it. Uh, just a couple more questions here. Um, you've got some new faces in the bullpen right now. Tell us what you've learned about uh, Diego Castillo and Joe Smith. Well, I played with Diego in Tampa, so I knew him coming in. Um, Cassie's great. He's a good guy to have in the pen. He's fun, laughs a lot. The energy's great. Um, obviously, he's got amazing stuff. Um, and it's just, anytime you come into a new organization, it's, it's a little tough at first. Um, so I just try to, you know, be there to talk to if, you know, he needs a familiar face or whatever. And, and Flem's down there, too. Flem's great. They converse a lot. But for a bunch of, for lack of a better term, misfit guys thrown together you know we really drive down there we you know we mesh really well we have a lot of fun um with the addition of joe um it's been good uh, he's got a lot of experience a lot of years seen a lot of different looks been on played for a lot of different teams um so having that knowledge and that wealth of experience down there it has been a lot i know we've we've talked a few times we had a pretty pretty good conversation last night uh, him and I and, and Caleb Joseph just kind of sat down and we were kind of going over some things and, and and it's really good to have a guy that has been there um, has a lot of experience like I said down there that you can kind of bounce some questions off of and, and go from there but um, the new additions are, are working out good uh, obviously we hated to see gravy go but you know we this is what we got. We enjoy um, our time together, and, and those guys want to win just as much as everybody else. So um, we're going to move on and, and uh, continue to do what we can to, to get back to the playoffs. It's fantastic to hear. Last question. I'm looking at you, and I see the 65 on your sleeve right there, and uh, it huge significance for you. I love the story. It's something that you weren't aware of until you were. Is that? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way it is for a lot of people. Um, it's not something that I had ever been um, exposed to until um, I got to know a guy through my church that, that had it um, back in Florida and kind of started explaining the significance of it. And so, you know, it's something that I've tried to wear everywhere I've, I've gone to, you know, raise awareness for CF. And, and uh, I was able to, to take part in, in the golf tournament, um, obviously from a distance. But um, so to be a part of that and, and to do that was great. But yeah, just to raise awareness, um, there's not a whole lot of people out there that know about it. It's something that affects a lot of people. I'm still learning about it. 
Um, still trying to ask questions. I was able to talk with um, a gentleman in New York City um, when we were there playing the Yankees. He reached out on Instagram and um, actually worked at the stadium there, and, and he was able to tell me his story and tell a little bit about his journey, and it's just it's amazing what, he's, what he went through. And, and I give props to any family or any person that's had to go through that and, um, you know, I just hope I can do and raise enough awareness that people really start to dig into it and, and really kind of um, just learn, learn about it, learn what they can do. Um, organizations like um, CFF that they can get involved with or even just, like I said, just knowledge. Knowledge is power, you know, if you, you really know and, and maybe maybe it's a passion for somebody that they don't know about. Um, and so just to be able to do that on this stage, it, it really means a lot.